Hello everybody out there in Clicksland and welcome to a very special and rated R version of Clicksing It. I like always in your host Adam. So it's rated R today which I wanted to give everyone a fair warning because we have a very special guest. So all small children that listen to our podcast please leave the room but for all of you non-children listeners I want you to pop some popcorn, turn down the lights, maybe light some candles to get in the mood because we have the newly inducted into the Hero Click Hall of Fame. Mr. On His Way to Win the Triple Crown of Tournaments with People's Names in Them, a.k.a. the Kilted Classic and Scott Porter Invitational. Mr. Puts the Hard R into Heroclix and Scott Porter's new best friend, sorry PJ, Mr. Scott Cramp Company Crampton. Well, hey, hey, how the fuck's everybody doing how out the there? How the fuck are you, Scott? <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, right? It feels it's freeing. You can just say it. You can breathe in, breathe out. Fuck. It's great. Yeah, just a nice little, uh, uh, just a little gratuitous swearing. I also like that there's a moment, a moment in your head that you thought maybe there's a child that listens to this. Well, I there's mean, not. How old is Isaac? To be fair, almost eighteen. Is he eighteen now? Holy crap! Yes, so yes, not yeah. quite an adult yet. Not quite an adult yet, but he's grown up with Uncle Scott, and also he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't even listen to my podcast. <laughs> Uh, he makes up his own one in his robot brain. Yes. I, 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 for some reason, I still feel like he's 11 years old. I don't know why. Just, I mean, that's where you remember him, right? But, yeah, he's taller than me now, uh, which is not that hard, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with me, as always, we have my co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so like I said, this is going to be rated R because we got Scott Crampton. I didn't think it was going to be an appropriate show to have him on here and not swear, just not what Scott is all about. So we're going to appreciate that, man. We're going to get all the fucks and the dicks and the shits and everything out are going to come Mm -hmm. out tonight. So Mm -hmm. I hope all the children have left by now. We'll talk about about Dan's huge, girthy penis, super Uh, wide. Not too long, but just incredibly wide. (laughs) Does that come from experience? (laughs) Well, uh, it's it's you know it's more of the rumor mill. Okay. Uh, but to be fair, I'm friends with your wife. So, <laughs> my wife. Oh, is that not a known thing? I thought you guys just wife swapped. Oh, that's no, not a thing you do. No, that's not. So, that's, that's where she goes on Fridays. Okay. That yes. Gets flown down to New Orleans right now. Okay. <laughs> But, um, no, no, I was <laughs> implying that Dan was the one that had sex with your wife. I've oh, never had sex with your wife. Gotcha. Yeah, that was implying. That's where I heard it from. Yeah, see, it's, it's called storytelling. See, it's, it's storytelling first... is inappropriate things about your wife. It's my first time with Scott, so I just got to take it nice, easy, and slow. Yeah, um, that's well, not usually how I do it, but let's go for it. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't think you're going to get the nice, easy, and slow here today, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Dan was saying recently to your wife. <laughs> oh, it's, it's already starting. It's already trying starting. to break up your know. podcast. Um, but as you guys know, and if you don't know, Scott Crampton is a huge part of Hero Clicks. He just got inducted into the Hero Click Hall of Fame, so congratulations on that, Scott. I know it was like thank two you, years you. in the waiting, I believe. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I think I got it. I think I found out in 2019. If I'm being honest, it might have been 2020 early, uh, but it was definitely well pre-COVID. 
I, I really do think it was like October 2019 that I found out because we've actually talked about who would be next in the Hall of Fame, and Ed was in the next class. Okay, and we and we didn't even do a 2021 class. So if that gives you an idea. Or uh, we didn't vote on one for this year or the last year because we just felt like weird year, right? Didn't seem like the right time. Yeah. Well, no, it is is most well-deserved because you do a lot for this community and the podcast. And I know I've learned a lot from you uh, with team building and things like that. But there is one person that found out that you were going to be on our podcast today and he is called your number one fan. He likes to call himself and he actually wanted to come on the show super quick and just okay. uh, say hi to you in person because uh, he says you've done a lot for him in the community with team building and everything like that. So let me bring him in here. Uh, we're going to get him connected. So Scott's number one fan. Are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Wait, wait, one more time. What say that again. I'm your number one fan. I just wanted to give you a special message, Scott. I wanted to yeah. say you've been doing really great lately. You've been killing it, and from the bottom of my heart, fuck you, Scott Crampton, Brian Poling. God damn it, that's Brian Poling, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Brian. Scott's God number one damn fan. damn it. Ugh. I get polinged all the time. It's so annoying. <laughs> no, actually, uh. me and Brian played in a battle royal for Scott's tournament a couple weeks ago, and he kind of told me the whole history that you guys had with the fuck you, Scott, fuck you, Brian thing, and I thought it'd be funny to bring him on the show and just uh, have him do uh, one more big fuck you. He convinced you to do a classic polling. Right? <laughs> now, now he'll go back to you know masturbating and using his tears as the lube. Uh, so I like, <laughs> doing nothing else the rest of the day. That was the highlight of his day. But like, God damn it, he did get me because I was at first very touched. I'm like, oh really? Somebody that because uh, occasionally people will be like, hey, uh, not fuck you, Scott. I'll uh, say this, but of course, there's always more fuck you, Scotts than anything else. So. Can you, can you kind of give us a little background in that whole fuck you, Scott, fuck you, Brian? I don't have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it, just ha- it just happened one day. I, I it, it happened very organically. I will say that we, we have a pretty thing where we don't, you know, we... I, I do this for fun. I run some companies. I do some things. I run Camp Dragon, those kind of things, the murder mystery company. So I don't spend a lot of time. I, I don't, I'm not doing this to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the one thing I do that's completely hobby based. Uh, I try to separate money from it. So Brian actually has to be a sponsor on the show. So we wrote up something that was basically like, you know, and this is sponsored by that terrible bastard Brian Poling. So we just ripped into him for like an entire episode. Uh, and we didn't have him pay for the sponsorship or anything like that. We just said, sure, we'd love to. And then just every segment, everything was spon- like, you know, we'd fart and be like, sponsored by Brian Poling. And, um, yeah, and since then we've had a little bit of a rivalry, which, uh, I've enjoyed. He's also a Michigan Hero Clicks player, so we, we played a little bit more than the average person. Very nice. Um, has Brian ever beaten me in Hero Clicks? I don't think so. Ooh. Has Brian ever beaten a person in Hero Clicks? I don't think that's happened. Uh, I once saw him playing a small, small child, but I think that child won. I'm not sure. Um, it's still better than it's still better than Adam. So you know, <clears throat> hey, I beat like an eighth, an 
eighth grade or an eighth grader out of uh, Peggy Carter Ultra Chase in a battle royal. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly my point. Is you know, <laughs> I'm right there. No, me and Brian were also talking that uh, if if you guys both go to Gen Con in Indy, you should wear a <laughs> "fuck you, Brian" polling T-shirt, and he should wear a "fuck you, Scott Crampton" T-shirt the whole time. Man, that's actually a good idea. I'm I'm worried that we'd have to pay money for those shirts, <laughs> but. <laughs> But all right, so let's talk a little bit about Scott's history with clicks because I don't think there really is a Scott interview out there. I did one with Medi G right before COVID happened, and my whole plan was to interview people like Lucas and PJ and just big time names in Hero Clicks. You were on that list too, Scott, because I was planning on doing Origins, and then that whole thing happened. So um, I wanted to get to know a little bit more about the history of Scott, as we called it. So when did you start playing Hero Clicks? Um, I mean, Infinity Challenge. No, right from the start. Yeah, I actually got. Um, I was one of the people that got in my hand at a at I think San Diego Con. I got a Hero Click. So, like, I got these uh, pro those promo ones. I was at a comic convention. They were handing them out before you could actually buy any of it, really. And uh, so I, I got the the Batman and the Spider Man, which honestly have still good stats by today's standards. And then they had dual powers uh, because on the dial they all both had enhancement and then like outwit or something. But yeah, anyway. So that's when kind of they start just started giving the stuff away to get people introduced to the actual game. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the first thing. So I don't know if anybody's seen those. They're obviously way overcosted now. I'm not even sure if they're part of anything. And they technically ruled they don't have enhancement. Hero Quest used to just put a green power on a dial <laughs> <laughs> to show that that was that was their first click. But then also they put they also made enhancement of power, so it was very confusing for new people. But yeah, so I started playing there. Um, my first tournament where I started realizing you could play this a lot, I remember I drove down to Lansing, which was about two, an hour and a half away, and I played, and it was before Legacy had dropped, probably like two sets before Legacy had dropped, which was kind of a real defining set that was the KC Flash, all the KC figures. So probably like in the unleashed explosion time. And then I literally found out about after going to those tournaments for six months, I found out that there was a place within walking distance of my house that had tournaments on the same day with more players. And that's just literally met, a thing. And that's where you met PJ, and the whole friendship bloomed after that, right? That is exactly. Me and PJ, of course, live next door to each other <laughs> in a wacky sitcom kind of way. No, I actually started the podcast with Kevin uh, uh, Fruz, and Kevin uh, was also bad at Hero Clicks. Uh, not as bad as PJ is, because that's <laughs> hard. It's a challenge. I mean, again, to be fair though, PJ isn't a Brian Poling kind of bad. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so I actually started the podcast like five or six years ago with Kevin Afruz, maybe longer than that, actually. And he was just such a wild, crazy character person. It allowed me to be a straight person on the show, so to speak. 
because he would just say stories and there was stuff I had to edit because I'm like, I think that will get us canceled, Kevin. Like, for real, like as human beings. <laughs> he would just say stuff. He had like weird stories about, he was the, he was one of the best crazy people I've ever met, never worked with. So I did that and then uh, eventually when Kevin left the game, uh, from what he told me because him and Zoran got in a fight, but I also would equally believe that he never met Zoran, I have no idea. I, I hung out <laughs> with Kevin for like three years. I couldn't tell you one thing that was a fact about his life that I was positive was true other than just some physical appearance stuff that may or may not have been real. Like I was pretty sure he had a beard because uh, <laughs> I'd hung out with him. But like if you're like, is that his real hair? I'd be like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Everything about him is weird and hard to figure out. So I did that for a long time. And, you know, what we wanted is a podcast that was, you know, a podcast where they argued because we would always listen to them. And there was a lot of great ones out there. In fact, almost everyone out there doesn't exist anymore, which is weird. But there was a lot of ones out there where it'd be like, you know, I really think the best figure in Heroclix is Explosion Beast. And you're like, why? And then the other three people would be like, yeah, he's pretty good, I guess. And I'm like, God damn it, say what you feel, you son of a bitch. Yeah, no. Why are you like? I feel like I'm listening to Best Friends Club or something like that. It's so (laughs) drove me fucking crazy. Like people need conflict. They need stuff happening to actually listen. They need to hear, you know, about Dan's incredibly wide cock and the fact that you know sometimes it you know enters occasionally your wife, Adam. Um, And again, these are facts. I'm spoiling things. These are spoilers. I should have said spoilers before that, but that's a real thing that happens. Yeah, that's why we hate Thanos and Sky Terror on the show because it's that's fair. It's okay to hate people or hate characters on here. You don't have to. It is. It is. There's got to always be that rebel group out there that doesn't like everything that everyone else likes. That's fair. Um, would you say yeah. you've always been competitive player, or are you ever? Casual? Yes. <laughs> are you ever? Yeah. Casual? So I, I was the first person to write competitive articles for HeroClix. Uh, at the time, it wasn't viewed for a long time. It wasn't viewed very competitively, and they started doing the Wizard Worlds, and the Wizard Worlds would routinely have like a low end tournament would have two hundred, and a higher end tournament would have like three. So the Wizard Worlds were actually the high, uh, the high point of HeroClix, and we're kind of at a low at this exact moment. Um, but yeah, they used to have those huge tournaments. They used to be crazy. I remember one was two rounds cut to... T- uh, so you had to get into the qualifier, right? You spent two days getting into the qualifier. And then if you got in, you got past that, it was... Top 64 got in, which was, again, like one-third of the... Not one-third, one-fourth of the field. Then they did two rounds for top 64, cut to top eight. Which means that eight people went 2-0 and and didn't make the top eight. I can't even imagine a tournament now with 200 to 300 people. Yeah, or one so brutal. I mean, like if I if I won a matchup with two hundred and seventy five points and another one with three hundred, I probably wouldn't have made it into the top eight. And that's when they used to have survivor points too, right? Uh, they have a they, no. They didn't have survivor points at that point in time, but you could score over. So car, uh, feet cards like Vendetta or capturing somebody were big. I remember Ed Arnold Berkovitz. Uh, first time I met him was at in that scenario, and he made top eight because he played a Sentinel capture team. Uh, For those of you who don't know what survivor points are, that used to be where 
whatever points you got off your opponent and then whatever points you had left, you added that together and that's how many points you scored for that turn. So like if while I don't I, I can't even remember that. No. I do remember one of the better worst rules in Hero Clicks that really fucked people over was it, you if they didn't if nobody scored any points, the person who built the the team yeah. with the least amount of points on it won. So that was the whole structural integrity field. That was my first big tournament loss was that. I had an opponent who his father was the judge. It was a for a master mold, and I think I was uh master as it was for a masterpiece um Oh, who's the big guy in the chair that's just technically ahead? Modoc, Masterpiece Modoc. And I got in the top four, and the dude actually, uh, I went first. The dude spent 45 minutes on his first turn and ended up moving one piece, two squares. And I had called Judge and stuff like that, but the Judge was his father. And then he allowed me to basically attack the next turn one of his guys that I couldn't possibly kill for any reason. And that was it. I got two turns, and I didn't kill anything. And I'm like, well, who was it a roll-off? And he's like, no, I, I built two points under you, so I just win. And I'm like, wow, that's awful. A 45-minute first turn? Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they, they actually extended the round a little bit to try to make it fair. And at the end of it, both judge, I went up to both judges. And I'm like, man, I called you over. I did everything. He's like, and their answer was, I needed you to throw a little bit more of a fit. Wait, <laughs> that's what they so, said. So you need adult, to make more of a scene, basically, <laughs> was what they were saying. Being an adult is frowned upon, in other words. <laughs> in that scenario, in that one particular scenario, yeah, and that guy ended up going on to win it, but like, he told me after, he's like, I didn't think I could beat your team, so I just, you know, decided not to play it. I always thought, I mean, it's not a big issue nowadays because people are pretty good about their turns. Some are pretty long, but I always felt like there should have been some sort of like chess clock. Chess clock. In, uh, yeah, we have a cool thing that uh, Denny uh, in Grand Rapids actually made. So he came up with this concept because me and him are the slowest players alive. We really are. We both have huge problems with this. So essentially, the format is this. You always start with a stop clock. You get two minutes for your turn, period. Free. Whatever. Every turn, you have at least two minutes free. Then you have ten... You have a, d a dice going up to ten. So every turn that takes more than two minutes, you take one off of that. And then if you burned all of that at the end, you can only take two-minute turns. And whether it's... Whether you're in the middle of an action... Whether you're in the middle of something or not, the turn's just over. It's kind of a last action scenario, so I mean, if you were Jason Wind guarding somebody, you could keep going, but it, you couldn't do anything past that. You couldn't, like, perplex up or anything like that. Okay. Uh, and that has been a very, very good format. Uh, I love that. Everybody gets usually eight to nine turns. It allows you to think faster, play faster for the times that you really need to. Well, and back then when you played your game, I mean, the game wasn't as complex as it is today. Like today, it's God, so yes. much more complex. So that I can Insane. see it's taking five, ten minutes, not 45 minutes when you have. What Do you yeah. remember that? what that guy played even? Oh, my God. I mean, this, again, was 17 years ago, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give you a scope, maybe, maybe 15 years ago. Um, no, I don't. I remember what I played. I played Nebula with like 
17 pogs and she had mastermind and trick shot and essentially she was green lanterning everybody around and essentially it was just like can you kill nebula and the answer was how she has mastermind and nothing really gets through that so, and then all the Pogs, I think I was copying Mystics with them. I had a bunch of Mary Janes and that kind of stuff. So, it was it was pretty cool. I, I used to love that stuff. Um, so, yeah, Scott Crampton's been kind of taking the Heroclix world by storm right now. He is the... Summer of Scott! The, month, the Summer of Scott. So, hopefully not summer the... Summer of Scott! Hopefully not the Fall of Crampton when it comes in a couple of months. It's the Fall of House Bolin, is what I'm calling it. <laughs> summer of Scott, Fall of House Bolin. But, yeah, he won the Kilted Classic about a month or so ago. He won... He did really well at the Scott Porter event. You came in first place in the team <laughs> sealed, right? Yep. Yep. Came in second. With Lucas and John, John from New Orleans, and Lucas, who you know. You came in second on Friday in the team. Yeah, uh, no, that was just sealed. That was sealed. So that was Scott Porter versus the world, and Scott Porter crushed that, taking top four. Uh, I, of course, did one step better than him because I made the clever decision to not be paired against the Iron Allfather that was guaranteed to win the tournament when the tournament started until the final round. Yeah. And then- I, I, I did have Jackson tell me at the end of that game, he's like, the only thing that lucky happened in that game uh, versus you versus Iron Allfather, the only luck that was involved is the fact that you played it last. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I mean, Iron Allfather, you cannot allow 300-point figures ever in sealed. Was if it is 300 point sealed, you should not ever allow a 300 point figure. Well, like, that's you like if that. someone would have pulled him a battle royal. Like, what do you do? You, you play just, it low. You just play it low. Yeah, if, if they the judge decides to do that, absolutely. It shouldn't be the judge decides to do that. That's really the stupid thing. It should just never be the case. Yeah. You should never, like, that doesn't make sense. What game allows you to do that. He had a 22 and five defensive probs from the thing, you know, like Scott Porter himself said that that was basically impossible. What I had a 14 attack and it was statistically unlikely for me to hit him ever. Was that the only all father that was pulled? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. It's the only one that won. So he lost one game because Lucas had the absolute nuts team against him where he's basically entirely in stealth, had triple re-roll, <laughs> just like everything that you need to possibly win it. Uh, you know, multiple uh, multiple ways of getting his defense lower, and it was just, you know, and he did beat him. Because really, if you crack it, then it's not that bad. But who can crack that? Who can crack a 21 at range or a 22 up close? Yeah with impervious in a set that you know it's just nonsense nobody could do that and then on saturday there was a 3v3 constructed and how did you do on that one again um so i didn't we didn't do great we i think we took if i don't know what our place was but we were at the we went we went like we won the first two then just barely lost the last one and got crushed by daniel powell's team uh, in the third round. So I, I think we took fifth or sixth. Okay. We were one of the highest possible that couldn't make it in. So for whatever that's worth. But uh, my teammates, uh, Four Point Gaming Club, took second. So that was pretty cool. And had a really bad beat. Like as bad as it comes. Uh, so they're down to the last tur- game, right? It's just Matt Esbrook versus... Oh, 
I'm forgetting his name. I'm sorry. Randy Carter. And Matt forgot to drop the Asgardian shield. That's right. And because of that, he miscounted by one point. And he played defensively. Randy Carter kind of let him play defensively. And because of that, he literally lost by one point. Uh, and then Isaac forgot to drop an item in the finals against Dan, or in the semifinals against Dan, and he lost by that exact object. Yeah. So <laughs> Isaac had some bad beats in that last in this thing, but I mean, he took third and second in the tournaments that he competed, and that's not too bad. But then you got your revenge on Daniel Powell in the Scott Porter Invitational on Sunday. Which he did, I, yes. I was very lucky. I watched that game. It was a great game. I kind of thought when Daniel missed with his three beast attacks to hit you that it was kind of game. But I don't know why that that mattered. Like I, I just want to be clear. I, people have talked to me about that. I don't know why that mattered uh, in, in full canon. So Dan is an amazing opponent. He is a very, very smart person, one of the better team builders. He does, like, when he comes to tent poles, there's very few people better than Dan. But in in actuality, here's what happened. I won map. That gave me a huge advantage. So I was able to kill his all-chemical fire the first turn. However, he had an extra ID card and a ring, which means if he wanted to, he could make it a roll-off, which basically means that his Thanos had 185 points on the board, or basically we would be tied. I think we both had only 100 points that we could possibly give up. So because he has the extra ID card and that, that balances the all-chemical fire. He didn't pick up the ring with Thanos, and that essentially meant to me that he was playing to kill my Thanos. And he needed to do that with just ID cards, essentially, so one of the things I was hoping he would do is kill all my th- stuff because then he can't mind control my stuff to attack me, yep. which is huge. Uh, that's the thing that kind of brings down Thanos. So I was trying for that. I made a huge mistake. I didn't, I don't know how, but I didn't look very hard at what Wonder Woman did. Uh, I've never been retaliated on her. I didn't realize she said you have to, you gain a mobile and can't make range attacks. Yeah, I didn't that realize she was that good. Up. Like, I was yeah, like, why I, is he playing two my ass up. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. I mean, he's mainly playing her for the sidestep and the great positioning, and he plays that like a champion. But uh, I played enough Thanos matchups to realize that the amount of unlucky I would have to get to not kill his remaining stuff was astronomical. And all I had to do is once he equipped the ring to Molecule Man, I'm like, okay, I just need to survive. And so I didn't really care. Like, I was on top click, right? Let's say he hits me with Beast, right? And then hits me for six. That's, like, the worst possible scenario, right? Yep. So then what does he do after that? That was the end of his turn, correct? Yeah, because he called in Beast with Thanos because Thanos couldn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, so Thanos couldn't do anything. Molecule Man hits for one damage and was carried... He doesn't have any retaliators that make sense. So, okay. So next turn, I mean, could I roll a one? Uh, I didn't, to be clear, but could I? I suppose. And then I have a decision of running away. But if I even roll a, a three with Thanos, then I just run and regen 
and then run and regen. He can't get next to me close enough. So one, two, three, four, five, six. I still move eight and I phase six, but I'd probably regen, at least move nine, and then I'm going to be back on if I have any remote regening skill, even the remotest, then I'm back on, you know, fives. So I think the thing that he just didn't do was go for the roll off, because I then would have had to been aggressive. But the second he called an ID and or and or equipped the ring, it, it just didn't matter at that point in time. So even if he hits me, I just didn't care. That's one reason I didn't really pick the Super Senses gem, because I'm really just trying to make sure he his walking wood doesn't get next to me, because that's the only thing that could actually kill me is Flurry. Yeah. But no, you ended up winning that, so congratulations there. Thank you. And you... Now, do you get to either pick a bystander or a legacy card, or and then Daniel gets the other? The exact wording, and I'm going to... Before I talk to WizKids about this, because I haven't had the best experience, I'm going on this kind of mission, so to speak, to talk about what it is. So here we are. I can either pick a legacy card figure... Or become a bystander is the official wording. Okay. So I realized that likely, in my experience from picking stuff with WizKids, it didn't go well. Um, not saying everybody there is bad or anything like that. There's a lot of great people at WizKids. But it didn't go the best, and they had me pick a lot of different things. And I'm like, I wanted this figure, and then they wanted, you know, like, they're like, pick five figures. And I'm like, well, that's not, you know, it felt like they just wanted me to be like, pick Batman. <laughs> like, so wait, okay. you, you have already picked the figure? I, yeah, Clock King's mine. No, I meant, so for, prime, the, I meant for the bystander or the legacy card. I'm talking about the current prize you just won. Yeah, so I decided to go with become a bystander. I was just telling you my reasoning. Okay, gotcha. And my reasoning is, if they don't like me and they don't really love me at WizKids for the most part, what's probably going to happen is, let's say I just pick my favorite figure. I, I don't know. Well, what's your favorite figure, Adam? Of all time in Hero Clicks? Oh, yeah, just name one. Um, uh, I'll say, I'll say super, uh, Superman Prime. Superman Prime, okay? So I pick Superman Prime. Then they make a really shitty legacy card of Superman Prime, <laughs> and now it can never be legacy carded again. How does that sound like a prize? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I can take out my favorite <laughs> character in Hero Clicks. Um, I thought about hate doing it, you know, like you know, picking something I never want to see in the meta again, like a Unimind, or <laughs> I don't know, just something that I, I thought wouldn't be, but... Um, so I decided to become a bystander because I'm going to be a bystander. It's me. So they, you know, I don't, I'm sure they could ruin it, but I'm still in the game. And then also those pogs have to be decent. Otherwise, what are people playing for in those battle royales? Like you were playing those battle royales for the pog, right? Yeah. If that pog was trash, why would you, would you play in those battle royales? You might just for a charity or whatever, but you yeah. probably would just on the auction or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, do you have any say in what the powers and everything are going to be on it? Or- my understanding is yes. So um, my understanding of how it works is I do get to help pick. So you're going to uh, give I, it like 10 keywords like the Flash got with uh, a 12 attack. You are no super matter, right? Because you can't make a bystander on a theme. True. So the only thing you could do, like if I could, I'd give him Mystical. Or, like, just a bunch of the recruiter power. So then when you kill me, I can come back at something cooler. But yeah. here, here, here's my pitch, and I can do, I can say this right now because I'm not under an NDA because they haven't reached out to me yet. So <laughs> you caught me in the meantime. But uh, here is my generalized pitch. 
um, on air for the first time ever said, my generalized pitch would be, I just want enhancement. Okay. I just want five points and enhancement, nothing else. All right. And what, what, would, what would you call the enhancement as your flavor text? Mm. Like putting the hard R in range attacks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Putting the hard I'm... R in something. Well, you don't get flavor text, right? I don't know. As a bystander, there's no flavor text. I thought, I thought they did have flavor text for some reason. Or like, if they have a I don't trait, know how they could. They're on the dial, right? I thought they had a trait and it was called something. Where is my... Yeah, you can you can name a trait. Okay. But <laughs> I'd love it if I could do a five-point trait that I could call that. Yeah. But the, five, the trait is just says, you have enhancement. Or just <laughs> have it be, fuck you, Brian Pauling. That would be perfect. If you could put that um, on an actual bystander, you would win that little duel you have with Brian for all of eternity. I think that's fair. <laughs> if they allowed me to say, fuck you, Brian Pulling, on a legal hero figure, I don't know what Brian Pulling would do. Would he quit or double down? That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. The double, the double down seems more likely. Yeah, think about all the people in different countries who would be like, who's Brian Pulling? <laughs> What's so amazing about that is my name wouldn't be on the pod necessarily, but his name was. If anything, you'd make him more famous than yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you this, walked away with is... quite a U-Haul truckload of oh. prizes, and you said everybody did from that event. Tell us just a little bit about how the event was ran. Um, I wish I could have made it. It was just a really rough weekend. With I, mean, this, I had two like, weddings for... and Mother's Day, and first and foremost. I'm 100% supportive. I love this cause. Uh, Huntington's is a real disease that really needs more funding to it. It has a, I mean, it is a brutal, brutal disease, and I'm not trying to make light of it. Um, I'm very excited. I've been able to donate or buy stuff from at least four or five Scott Porter auctions over the last three or four years. So I've been excited about that. And, um, Basically, the event uh, Thursday is a tournament that I actually created a long time ago, which is old school boosters. Yep. So you get to play Hero Clicks in its old form. These weren't as old school as you know I'm used to, but like the newest set, I think it was Chaos Wars, so it, it's pretty old. Um, although Howard did pull fucking Century Void, and if you understand how powerful that figure is. If there's people at home, Century Void was like an auto win. And again, it's a 300 point figure. You shouldn't be allowed to play a 300 point figure because they're insane and sealed. So I quick, digress. So, so quick story so that, about Century Void yeah. is when that set came out and we had a booster battle at our store. It wasn't the store that I was usually playing at. There were two stores that I hip hop or hip hop to uh, leapfrog to, and someone had pulled Century Void in a booster battle tournament, and the judge declared that. Because Sentry Void was so good, he could not use multi-attack for that tournament. Um, I didn't think it was right. I didn't pull the Sentry Void, but I thought that was like, okay, you can't just take a power away from a figure just because you think it's overpowered. That's like saying um, Thanos is too good. He can't use my control this entire tournament. I agree to some extent. I think that what they should have done is allowed him a free mulligan. Yeah. Keep keep the prize um, and free mulligan. I agree. Yeah, you get the Sentry Void for free. Congratulations. You got Sentry Void. That's a hell of a prize. Probably better than what we're giving away. 
However, yeah, you can't like you can't play it because we're not really playing hero clicks anymore. Like you're not you're not losing. Yeah, you're not. You're not losing that game. So what what exactly is the point? But actually, didn't Sentry Void lose by getting captured in the last game? He did. He did by John. But that is as fluky crazy (laughs) as it can get. Like the amount of stuff that had happened. I was actually talking to Howard about this today. We. We built that with the idea for Sentry Void. We were like, okay, John, every one of your characters has stealth, which means Sentry Void will have to run up to you eventually. And then all you have to do is have him miss the breakaway on a hypersonic speed, which is doable, and then you roll your super senses, <laughs> and then you capture him, and you need a six. So if those two things happen, you could win this fucking game. And both of those things happened, and he missed. And we were like, oh, and we're like, well, I guess that's the the tournament will take second. And then they happened again, and he hit, (laughs) and that was game. And John put us over to win that with uh, with a, what is an actual 0-0 win in Heroclix. So he got zero points. It was John's, I believe, only win, or maybe he won one other game. But, like, he basically didn't win another game. Uh, And we built his team where it wouldn't be good against anything but Century Void. He had a terrible team, but a great team against Century Void only. And the fact that we were able to guess that Howard would be in the A block was also really crazy. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure you didn't pick that he played him. It just happened to happen that he played him. Well, we guessed. Uh, We do a lot of meta-guessing, and we looked at Howard's team, and we were like, all right, so I would think that Howard will probably be the captain of that team because that's how Howard is. So we put John as the captain of our team, and they played each other. Nice. But that goes out any other way, we lose. (laughs) So many. (laughs) I mean, Howard didn't. There's no, No one came close to beating Howard in that game. So I, I've I've jumped all over the place, completely shit all over your interview, man. Um, no, <laughs> so that, that's okay. What? We we do the rabbit hole plenty of times on this show. So we've gone so many rabbit holes, so many so many rabbit holes. But yeah, it's the Porter event's one of the best events of the year. It's undeniably amazing. Uh, I understand tough weekend, all this different stuff. Raised almost thirty k, but we can go a lot higher than that. We really can. Uh, I expect to see about 100 people there next time. The prizing is too disgusting. Just remember that Dan didn't win first place, and he walked away with more prizing than Worlds would give him, and uh, and he gets to create a... and he gets to pick a legacy card. Yeah. That's that's a second place prize. Which I wonder which that one will be. Um, I, 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 I Actually, Dan has asked me not to mention it, so no, I, uh, I will say... I, I think I can say this. You don't definitely know. Okay. How about that? Okay. You don't definitely know. Now it could end up being that, but it's not. It's not a guarantee of that. So I might be pleasantly surprised. That's that's cool. I, I can dig it. Next you could. That. You is could. It, is it going to be a legacy card for it's Thanos? Going to be his Century Void. <laughs> no, it's going to be a legacy card for Legacy Thanos when his current legacy card is retired. I kind of wanted to do that with somebody. I think that would be great. Uh, just like multiple legacy cards, but again, they're not going to let you do anything like that. But, um, but no, it sounds like a great event. Is it pretty much set in stone? It's going to be at Lucky Dice every year too. Um, 
I don't know that answer. Okay. Um, I believe that they are going to be doing something every year in the first week of April. And I know that there's going to be rock championships every year. Um, I know that they're doing stuff. I don't guarantee, I can't guarantee that. So sorry. I don't know that. Okay. No, I was just kind of curious because it sounds like Brock, I've never been to Lucky Dice. I've had Brock on the, uh, or Howard, I should say, on the show a couple times, and I would love to meet him. I don't think he was in the Clicks Cup in Florida. I met you briefly while I mic'd you up for the uh, the banquet, but I uh, mm. didn't really get a chance to talk to you. I talked to you a little bit during the national um, event that we had against each other, but um, I would like to get to know some of you guys a little bit more in person, but like I said, it's super hard to get to some of these tournaments. Mm. Um, but let's get into some viewer questions right away before we talk sure. a little bit more hero click. So I'm going to have to start off with Brian polling right away because you did not answer this question on the Facebook page, but he said, would you rather admit that he's a good hero clicks player or smash your balls under a cracked wooden toilet seat? Tough because I, I as I've told people in the hero clicks community, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm going to try to be as honest as I possibly can. So, you're asking me to admit something that's not true. Um, <laughs> and that's tough, right? Like, that's a tough one for my moral integrity. On the other hand, I love my balls, you know? And I, I can't, you know, I got to be honest and true to them, like self-love, right? So I think I would rather lie about Brian Poling because I just don't think that anybody who's ever met him would believe what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Andrew Fairweather asks, was there a team you were debating on playing before Thanos? So for the Clicks Cup or the Scott Porter? Oh my god, yeah. Thanos was a last minute choice, actually. Um, yeah, that's, I was because I saw that and I was like, oh, he's playing Thanos. And I was very shocked, honestly. Because um, I just, I've seen you play multiple different types of teams and that just wasn't what I was thinking you would go with. It's well, not normally what I go with. Well, um, what are teammate Ryan Redman, who I believe you played the Clicks Cup, the guy who won the House of X um, Scott Porter auction. He's one of our guys. He uh, played you at the um, Kilted Classic and he said that he asked you that question and you basically said, well, I don't know how to beat Thanos, so I might as well play him. No. That is true in that moment in goal, in Modern. Okay, so now we're already past that moment in Modern because there's going to be rotation. And there is going to be um, Disney Plus. And Disney Plus will add a lot to this, and the rotation will add a lot to this. So I do now know how to beat Thanos. And it's with the best team in Heroclix right now, which, in my opinion, is undeniably Fantastic Four. I think Fantastic Four rips through Thanos in seconds. Uh, Maddie G. I mean, crushed me so fast and so hard that the 30 points I took off him was basically like a charity donation that he gave me just so he didn't skunk me. Uh, it was more of a gentleman's thing because I'm like, oh, I probably could have alchemy fired Lockjaw. And he's like, oh, you did do that. So, like, you know, <laughs> that got me enough to be able to kill Lockjaw. That was it. Like, he killed my Thanos turn two. Double Lockjaw plus Thanos is against Thanos is insane and very, 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 very hard to deal with for Thanos. So I do think there's things, but yeah, that was my general. As far as Silver Age, um, I wanted to play the Beta Ray Bill team. The Beta Ray Bill team is significant, significantly better than Thanos. So are you familiar with the Beta Ray Bill team or no? I'm not. I know what he does. He's kind of got the Save the President ability. 
It's close, yeah. So, Beta Ray Bill, 125 points from uh, Thor something, Mighty Thor, uh, with Stormbreaker. So, he has 125 points. He doesn't have great everything, but if you don't start the turn within four squares of him or anybody adjacent to him, any friendly character, you can't target him. You can't target any of them. And target's a big difference, because people would come up and try to outwit me. I'm like, you can't target me, just to be clear. Okay. Uh, so that was big. This is a Pat- Patrick Yapoko uh, build, uh, for reference. And then he would play Windigo so that he punishes them for coming up close. He would play Demon in Armor, and he'd play Harry Leland, so that if you're coming up with Emotional Modifier, you're going to be negative three to the attack. So you're charging in with negative two damage, negative three attack. And then if you're within, if you're past four away, you can't target me or attack me, period. So with that, I felt like that was the best team. The problem with that team is you have to play it perfect. Like, not perfect, like, well, you can't mess up a single action once. If you misplace in an unoptimized way slightly, you've lost that game. But if you don't, I don't know if it's beatable, other than with extraordinarily extraordinarily high luck. Okay. And, th- and that's kind of where, like, because if you, like you were saying placement, that takes time into the clock and things like that. That's something I'm not the greatest again, but I'm sure. What he, he said uh, Patrick Yapoko came up with that team. Yeah. So I'm sure he's, you know, tested that. And I think a lot of those teams that you've played so many times, it just becomes muscle memory. And, yes, you do fuck up every once in a while. But for the most part, you can set it up. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to play the Beta Ray Bill thing. Um, I just didn't. Um, So I played on the Highlander, and I went 2-2, and which is... I actually made a team on Saturday because we had ourselves a rock win a map, and I had built a team to... To kind of deal with a Thanos, and unfortunately, not a Thanos showed up. But let me read it off and, <laughs> and let me, or let me ask you what you think of it. So it's Green Lantern with the glove. It's not themed. Uh, Green Lantern with the glove, Demon in armor, Bishop, Dazzler, Sprite, Felix Faust, Commissioner, and the modifier. I think it's very good. Um, the tank teams right now, the like high defense tank things, are pretty good. Um, I don't know. The problem is I don't necessarily think it beats Thanos because I don't know that Thanos can't hit it. No, I know that because yeah. he can kill he can he can kill the glove right <laughs> or just walk the glove away into mind control or use your mind control to walk the glove away because the glove is you know a nineteen right so he's only rolling a six yeah um. But no, take and, seven because I have the modifier. So that was my whole thing: is draw him in close. So you're running. You're you're getting that close to Thanos. Basically, is what you're saying. I'm making That's him tr- come to me. Um, why? Why would I come to you? Just because I can pop you from eleven away with um a green lantern, or ten away with a green lantern, eleven away with a Faust, because Bishop and Spirit will both have the. Shield from Dazzler, and then I do have a commissioner that's doing five damage from. Talent. So let's just let's just presume for a second uh, that I mean, if you win map, sure, and you put me on open map, okay. True. But I mean, the chances of you winning map against a plus three is eighteen percent or something. I did it three times on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, how about this? 
Uh, and then my counter is I rolled critical hits against you four times. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then your team screwed. Like, what? Well, you know, like we we're, we build and play test based on what's the most probable outcome. And the most probable outcome is I would win map. And then I can play in a super blocked up map that's going to be hard for you to get around. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have to come to you in the way you probably think I do. And that's a big thing to really kind of contemplate there. Uh, what I, all, all I have to do is hit you one time with a mind control to get a fire token on you, and then just that's cracked your defense. That's cracked your defensive shell with Green Lantern, and then your team starts to kind of fall apart. Yeah, that's kind of what happened in my game, in my semifinal. I pulled it off, but he uh, he had a the Prime Gamora that I couldn't modify combat values, and came in with a twelve attack and whacked my team pretty good. But I ended up. One of the most, one of the things I was known for saying a lot back, way back in the day when I was building competitive articles is, um, the problem with high defense teams is they lose to high attack teams, right? Yeah. And you can't, but what does a high attack team lose to? And that's always like what, what like another high attack team, or you know what I'm saying? Like, so you lose to things that just happen to have high attack, and you also lose to random luck. I've been trying to build a defensive shell, and I do think that like I, I think it's great when you have an aggressive defensive shell, like a hyper aggressive one. So I think Captain Carter's shield is incredibly, incredibly a plus. And being able to give that to Cosby Sweater thing, giving your whole team 20 defense, and then it's also running at you with a Fantastic Four build is as good as things could get in Hero Clicks right now. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I kind of wanted to test it against Thanos, but like I said, no one. We don't really play the meta meta at those the events. We more play figures that are just kind of fun to play. Absolutely. We don't bring the heat like the big the big tournaments. I also have one other thing to say, which is I don't like Bishop. You really? Against Thanos mm-hmm. or in general? Period. Period. So I championed Bishop quite a while, and then after playing him a lot, I don't think he's good. I think he is very subpar. Okay. Um There's too many workarounds. If he if he said two more, if it was like within four he'd be one of the best characters ever made because then you can team him with something else. But it's so easy to get within six of somebody and still get away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I just, to me, it nerfs the spider Thanos of getting a 13 range. That's why I kind of like him. I mean, you're playing 40 points to nerf my shield range. Yeah, the medicine can't cost more. Uh, the <laughs> if the, if the if the cure costs a lot more than the problem, then you should play the problem. That's true. Yeah, your silver bullet can't be that costly. Yeah, basically. Uh, let's see what else we have. Roberto Torres Jr. says, "I would like to know how he goes about team construction and how much time you actually put into it." A lot. A lot. It's uh, I put a lot into team construction, not all the time, and do note I did win with Dan's thing. Um, here's what Pat said, and I, I will take this one compliment because I am not the best Euroclix player by a lot. There's a lot better people that I've played. Um, but he said this, and I think I am one of the better people at metaguessing. So kind of seeing what the field might be and then playing that. So I won the last tournament 
because when I met a guest, I realized that nobody had decided to deal with barrier. Everybody had just kind of say said, um, okay, what I'm going to do is I just have seven actions here. I'm just going to power through and hit you hit your barrier. So once I saw that, I said, I have to play Molecule Man, and then Thanos became the easy choice because I could theme that with that, and it just all made sense all of a sudden, which is so interesting in a way because when you think about a Thanos field, Thanos, you would think normally that Thanos versus Thanos, why would one Thanos care about the other Thanos' barrier? But the reason is because there is no ID cards that deal with barrier very well. You, I'm sure you can name some outskirt ones, but not the ones people were playing, and certainly not the ones people were playing with Thanos. So it meant that everybody had to guarantee Kill My Molecule Man, which also meant that they had to figure out a way to kill my Molecule Man with the, you know, and through the Captain Marvel thing. So the Molecule Man became big, and that's, how, that's really what I want. The reason I won is because people couldn't ID me with Thanos. It was too hard. And they spent two rounds killing Molecule Man, and that was it. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question, but I think a lot about what other people are playing, and I build against that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm usually trying to build something that can win against anything, but doesn't have much more than a 50 or 60% chance of winning against anything. Yeah. And I'm kind of... I, I go into a tournament like Nationals that when I play is, what's the big figure-making waves, and I make a team to beat that. So like in nationals, it was sky tyrant. I've been dabbling with some teams. Once Disney plus comes out with collector to beat out a Thanos. Um, and at least the, the sky tyrant team worked. You saw that firsthand, not to rub that in your face or anything like that. Was I playing sky tyrant? What was your team? I don't remember. I don't. So this is no disrespect, but I no. don't take spend a lot of time thinking about my matches. I am not a very Unless, memorable person, so I don't take that. No, um, that is 100% it. Um, and well, in fact, Dan actually whispered to me, what's this other guy's name? Yeah. Uh, no, I played X-Men Swap with Prime Bishop. So my team was basically bring in Jubilee with Perplexes, TK out with Cable, and just one shot a Sky Tyrant on turn two. Yeah. And you were just yeah. playing, you were playing all the goodies. You were playing Fulcrum, Blackheart, Faust, uh, Q Prime, Sky Tyrant, Molecule Man. And Harry Leland. No, we, I don't, yeah, Adam Chip. That's right. Yeah, I played Harry Leland. Uh, that was a big one. Flash, Harry Leland, because I was trying to prepare against defensively against the Sky Tyrant. There's not much to do if you pick map and you have a giant character and you can perplex a couple times. I'm going to lose something. Yes. Um, that I always play like I'm going second. That's one of the big things I do at Clicks. I never assume I'm going first. Uh, I talk about this all the time recently, where when Daniel Powell sees a figure, like a new figure, he's like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm going to kill so many people with Rick Jones. <laughs> and when I see Rick Jones or something like that, it doesn't say we like Rick Jones. Um, when I see Rick Jones, I'm like, god damn it, I can't, I'm going to have to beat Rick Jones. So I never think about me playing it, I'm only thinking about somebody playing against me. Uh, that's how my brain works. My brain always works of like, how do I deal with this against me? Not how do I utilize this to beat somebody else? Uh, so go on getting back to the subject of going second. I had ran a event about a month or so ago. I wanted to see what your opinion was. And I think 
WizKids should change how it works because right now, if you win initiative, you pick map and go first. I did a uh, event where if you won initiative, you got to choose map or go first. And I a lot the of fact that that is not already a rule is so fucking frustrating. <laughs> it just um, it balances. There is the game no a lot reason. More. Yeah, it, there is no 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 reason that HeroClix should have that. What game has that much of a penalty for going second? Yeah. And there's another penalty for going second. Beyond the map, beyond the other thing, you usually get one less turn. So going second means you don't get to go first, you don't get to play on your map, and you get one less turn to beat your opponent. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Which I'm surprised you... That's that's why you play non-theme a lot, but it obviously works for you. Well, I beat... So think about hero clicks like this, right? You're paying points for everything, right? You're paying a certain premium. So let's say you, let's say Dan, Dan, you build a team, right? And you have uh, two characters that just have outwit, right? Yep. And realistically, they have, like, let's say they can outwit three times each. And you paid 50 points for those characters, right? Oh, yeah. Seems like a good deal. Now, I play a power cosmic team. How many dead points do you have? At least 50. At least. Yeah. So, uh, now you won in our matchup, Adam. And I think I took third in that event, or four. I took fourth in that event because BJ took third. So you won in that in that scenario, right? Uh, but what happens if I win map? How many dead points did you just do? Yeah, because I don't get my Jubilee. Yep. Um, you probably you don't get first. you you built it. We would agree that if you play non theme, ninety percent of the time you are playing an optimized team versus playing a non optimized team, right? Yes. So a theme team sometimes, every now and again, it's just like I guess, man, it's the hero clicks built this for me to play, I suppose, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, they're building me. It's kind of like the magic decks, where it's just like the fucking deck in the sheet, and you're just like, I'll just pick this up and play it. Uh, sometimes That's how I feel a lot about theme. So, it's this non-optimized thing, right? It's not the best figures, it's the best figures you have available. So, if I win map, and I have the best figures, I'm going to beat you significantly most of the time, right? Yes. Uh, a ridiculous amount of time. Part of so, the time. Go ahead. Then there's a ton of dead... There's a ton of dead... Uh, points that you have there. Dead points are one of the most interesting things that people don't talk about in Hero Clicks. Is can you make somebody's points completely dead? Uh, wait, so it's not even worthwhile. For example, yeah. Part of it for me too is my OCD doesn't let me not play a non-theme most of the time. It just, it just bothers me because I feel like a lot of my teams have to be not comic book f accurate but just they're all cosmic they're all fantastic four and it, like even which when, is, i want to be clear there's nothing comic book accurate about a scientist team right yeah, now yeah. nothing comic book accurate about monsters these are thrown together figures that have generic fucking keywords that could matter fucking less they're not comic book accurate here's why i think most people don't play theme because they don't have 40 fucking hours to build a team <laughs> right like if you can if you have 12,000 figures in hero clicks and you can't click the word monster all of a sudden you have 200 uh that's p- way too many figures just in general but you get what i'm saying it like narrows down the list such a significant amount 
that it feels better to play, and then they're like, and everybody's like, and then I win map, but you don't fucking win map because if everybody's playing theme, you don't fucking win map. You don't win map then. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. your theme is wor- your plus five theme is worthless ninety percent of the time. That's why I was I've been dabbling with a team that I've been trying to get a handle on is that it, it, I don't care whether or not I win map. It's just yes. I'll be fine either way. What's your team? My team, I'm waiting for Disney Plus, but my team is, hold on a moment. Aren't we all? Uh, you know, it's just, it's such a good set. I was, I was really happy to see it. So my team is uh, Firstborn, the Thor Mary Jane at 40, Party Thor, Marvella, the Chase She-Hulk, uh, a Mary Jane Watson, a Darcy, and the Liar Ring. Why the Mary Jane as Guardian one? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it makes Firstborn Spider-Man family. And th- and part. Oh, of so you are playing theme. I am. Yes. Oh, I thought you said you weren't playing theme. Oh, I am, team. but I'm playing a team that I don't care about going first or not. It's just if oh, I do, it, if I don't, it doesn't matter. So if you really don't care about going first, why are you throwing away forty points on Mary Jane? Think about that. If you lose map, you have wasted forty points. Uh, because she still gives me a tactic that I enjoy using. And which would that be? The yo-yo effect of her trait is if I hit, I can yo-yo someone across the board. I'm sorry, what? Wait, am I wrong on what Mary Jane... I thought you were talking about Thor Mary Jane. Yeah, her other trait is if she hits with an attack, I can roll a d6, and on a 3 to 6, I place a friendly character with... Oh, the call and help from the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and she's a good... She's a decent attacker at 40, so... So his plans kind of bring Firstborn across the map if Mary Jane hits. And the thing is, I don't even have to, like, necessarily... I can just do that generally with his phasing and a TK, so. I mean, it sounds like if you lose map, you still have some dead points. That's my personal opinion, but. I mean, it's fair. I feel like you're just always going to wind up with that, like, I just might have a bad matchup, but I don't. Or if you're all a one or two, you've also had points that don't work out. That being said, some people just play like that. Like, Patrick Frazier and George are two players that are just like, I'm like, well, what happens if they roll, you roll a one or a two, and they'll be like, I don't know, I lose? <laughs> Fair enough. And it could be pretty good. Like, it is a dice game, so it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, building, the idea of building a team to win 100% of the time can be folly, too. I, I fall into that trap quite a bit. Um, when you build a team with, um, for example, like a George mindset, he's building to win 80% of the time. You know, and hoping that 80% runs right at the right time. Uh, Patrick Frazier is like, if I lose map, I go, I, I lose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a plus 12. So I'm not saying they always play like that, but that's just kind of general uh, stereotypical mindsets for those two people. I'm going to have to dive more into this uh, dead points strategy. I kind of mm-hmm. like, like that because, like I said, I don't get to play a lot, but I enjoy the team building aspect of it, and mm-hmm. I just like to see what people think of some of my teams. So I bothered PJ way too much with my teams, so I apologize, PJ. If you no, uh, actually, he likes it, and Does give he? people his private phone number as well. Okay, sounds good. Um, you should on air give people his phone number a bunch, <laughs> and you know he'll take your questions day or particularly night. Um, he, uh, obviously you must know that he prefers getting texts at around three, three to four is his preferred time in the AM. So try to hit him up then guys. How? Yeah, he's, quite, he's quite the night owl. Yeah, absolutely. He loves that. 
if you can call his house, like his landline, uh, and you know near near where his kid sleeps, that would also crush. Those are just I'm just trying to tell you the best strategies for getting a hold of PJ. He loves it. Keep it rolling for PJ here. How Love hard it. did you fight to have him be your coach in that auction? Did you fight hard for that or no? Because I feel like that um, would have been very interesting for I thought him to have fighting coach hard you. was well. First off, I would not have had him coach. I would have had him clean probably. But <laughs> um, but I uh, so I went to two sixty nine sixty nine. Um, that was kind of my my barrier of what I thought that would be funny for the show. And then Matt, out of nowhere, bid like three sixty nine. Then somebody else bid a higher, and then he bid. You know, they kept jumping it up by hundred dollars and sixty nine. It was one hundred and sixty nine dollars, and I'm just like, I'm not paying five hundred and sixty nine dollars <laughs> for PJ to tell me about HeroClix. Um, I already, ha- I'm forced to do that now. Uh, That'd be like, I don't know. Let's do a Go two, ahead. let's do two more questions. Then we'll move on. Uh, Tyler Green says, "What's more fun, actually winning or rubbing it in PJ's face?" Rubbing it in PJ's face. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was an easy. That was an easy yeah, answer. I, fig- on, I figured I knew the answer to that one, but because Tyler's part of our team, I had to throw it out there as well. Uh, and then Peter Marshall said two things. He said, uh, "When you had the, or did Clock King live up to your expectations? And if Clock King had a legacy card, how would you change him?" Um, man, so. For those of you who don't I was know. Fortunate enough, I was fortunate enough for Clock King that they allowed me in kindness to, you know, play, uh, to help build a little bit. I didn't get a lot of insight into Clock King. Again, that's not the prize I won, which is fair. Um, the problem is <laughs> right now, essentially here is Clock King, right? He's 40 points, which. For 10 points more, that's Sky Tyrant. Uh, And I'm looking at him, he doesn't hit for 40 damage. So that's a negative. He has Sidestep, and when he uses it, he can break away from characters. That's kind of neat. He's a Prime, though. He ignores Elevation, which is also really funny for a guy who's literally just a man in a suit. Um, He has a Precision Strike on one click. He's a 7-10-17-2. Uh, his big thing, though, is beginning your turn, choose one, generate a time marker within six squares, or remove a time bomb marker and give each opposing character within two squares an action token. So I think it would have to be something right now where it's like you can do this as a free action, and it would have to be in more than two squares, and it would also have to be if they have two action tokens, deal them one unavoidable damage. If they did that, then he might be pretty playable. Okay. Uh, and I would assume they might be able to do something with a sidestep or whatever, but in general, he would have to do that because uh, how how you know seventeen super senses for five clicks that's really crazily easy to kill. He has outwit too, I suppose. And he's a prime too, right? Yeah, he's a prime. Yeah, so. so did you not design him, or I guess I, I get to pick him. him again? I want a national championship. So a national championship at that time allowed you to pick a character to be in HeroClix, and oh. then I was, and then they allowed me for through kindness to pick some of the powers, pick some of the things. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
And then one real more question that Peter Marshall that I'm kind of interested in too is that besides clicks and D and D, what do you do in your free time? Uh, well, I run the largest theater company in America by volume, um, at least for private events. I run American Immersion Theater, uh, so that has under it the Murder Mystery Company. Uh, we actually were just on 100 Thieves that aired today, which was kind of cool. I don't know if you followed them, but um, there are big esports people, and we did a murder mystery there. That was kind of cool. Uh, so I do that. I'm currently uh, in talks with a few networks. I have a producer that really likes the idea of doing a murder mystery reality show. So I have that in the works, and we're hoping that that gets picked up. Of course, that doesn't mean anything, but I do have meetings. I met with NBC and AMC so far, and I have meetings with like four or five of the other big people. So that's very cool. Um, and then I run the Princess Party Company, which has princess parties to you. And then Camp Dragon's my kind of new passion from a business standpoint. I really love that. It's D&D Online. Um it's like being able to play just by buying a ticket. It's really, really nice to be able to do something like that. So I'm hoping that, you know, that gets even more and more traction. But the Murder Mystery Company, you know, in our height in 2019, we did 5,000 individual performances in just one year. So we do a lot of shows. We're in 20, uh, 22 states. So I do that. I spend time, obviously, with my girlfriend, Mila. But that's about it. I mean... Um, I'm a writer. I've written a lot of plays and stuff, and I've had a few of them produced. How do you find time to play clicks? <laughs> I feel like you're in that, that same category as Scott Porter when he showed up to that one event. And they're like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, this isn't for you. Um, yeah, I mean, clicks is my passion. Uh, it's the thing that I do for fun. Uh, how did, how have I found time to do these? Uh, podcast is interesting because a lot of times that's what I don't have time for. But I'm a seasonal business for the most part. So right now we're a little bit more free. Uh, I also don't write any articles anymore or anything like that. And I'm kind of, I do it in the background from time to time on breaks. Same reason that Scott Porter is able to, in, in the entertainment business, there tends to be a lot of downtime as well. Uh, there's supreme uptime and then like a little bit of downtime as well. So it's during that downtime, I think. I have a very understanding girlfriend that you, as you pointed out, and I sent her uh, a picture of or whatever. Um, and that's actually you. how me and Scott got talking about being on the podcast was I was like, yep. I don't know how all these guys with significant others are able to go to these events because my wife would never let me go down to Alabama for a weekend when I have two kids. But all yeah, I don't have kids. That's that's a big thing. I don't have I don't have kids. Uh, I have a stepdaughter who is nineteen, or a semi stepdaughter. You know, modern family stuff. But um, yeah, I have her that I raised since she was two. But she, you know, she's she's nineteen. She's turning twenty. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. She just turned twenty uh, a couple a week ago. So uh, you know, I don't have to. I'm, I'm not watching her, and I don't have little kids. So that helps. That helps. That helps. And I just have to get my son into HeroClix, and then uh, she won't. That that's have the, the key. Option, but... Try to get the, uh, the kids into HeroClix. <laughs> I just have to turn uh, him into a prodigy and make him the next Isaac, and she won't have the choice to not let us go. Yeah, that's that's the general thing. It's very tough. It, it can be very very tough because the nature of the game is silly. I will say though that the more you win, women do like winners. True. Like. 
<laughs> like there's a difference between you going and t- you know taking 40th place and you going and taking first place to any woman because it doesn't matter uh and i'm not i'm being a little stereotypical here but all all to be more specific women that i've dated in mila and stuff like that um you know, everybody likes a winner, right? Like, yes. it's much cooler to go down there and support that because you're winning. It's similar to what you just said about your son. But yeah. people like winners. People like dating winners and that kind of things. And I'm still obviously a colossal loser because I'm playing hero clicks, but I'm a winning loser, and that helps. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, a winning, I'm a winning loser. It makes it less nerdy. I still remember when I told my wife that WizKids was actually sending me Disney Plus for the first time because we've been doing this show for two years and they're finally sending us stuff pre all you peasants out there, as I like to call it. No offense to anybody out there. But she was just like, okay, cool. I'm like, no, you don't realize how big of a deal this is. Like, I'm actually getting product from WizKids for the first time ever. She's like, okay, cool. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks for the support, honey. Love you. Super supportive. Yeah, yeah. Not, not super supportive. How old are your kids? I have a four and a half year old and a one year, two month old. Yeah, that's tough. That's those are tough ages, man. Yeah. And once they start going to school, then you can start ignoring the kids a lot more. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, uh, yeah, you just need to get to your ignoring your kids easier phase, or start making a lot more money and get uh, get one of them's au pairs. Uh, and then she can't say anything. Oh, pear. Pear. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. gives. I would. Yeah. I would highly. I would highly recommend. Actually. So. Yeah. There you go. Um, Who doesn't like no pear? All right. All right. Let's get into our last segment. We've talked uh, enough to Scott tonight. Not that we don't like it, but I know you are a busy man. So let's get into our last segment, which is our clicksing it crew question of the day. There's no such thing as stupid questions. Except for Billy's questions. And this one kind of goes around with Scott being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Who else is in the Hall of Fame? Do you know? Oh, that's a mean question. Uh, so, <laughs> is there uh, a lot of people in it or not? Uh, a lot? No, there's not. There's not a lot of people. So uh, I'll go what I know. So Daniel Jones, uh, Rob, Canadian Rob, um, myself, George, Patrick Yopoko. Those are the five people that are in the initial class of it. And then Edward or Edward Shelton might have been in the initial class too. Edward Shelton, uh, Ed, uh, Ed Ar- Arnold Berkowitz, Isaac's father, but also a multi-multi-world-time champion that people seem to forget that, that he is one of the greatest players alive. And he also taught his son to be one of the greatest players alive. So pretty great genetics there. Right. Um, Ed, Ed Arnold Berkowitz... And, you know, I believe there is exactly one more. Okay. Uh, should George be in it? No, obviously not. Is that George Masu you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, George Masu obviously <laughs> blew his way into there. Um, he has the prettiest mouth in Hero Clicks. Everybody always says that about George. And he obviously blew his way in there. So, uh, But other than that, it's a very great class of people, except for George Masu, of course. Yeah. So I feel like George would just say, if it works, it works. Yeah, exactly. You, you get in, you get in. Who I would like to <laughs> I, say, I am also 1-0 and o against George Masu. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I, That's impressive, actually. Um, That's I, impressive. That you're, what's and, the scenario? So that was, I believe, Anthony Bruno's popper event on Roll20 a couple, like, a year or so ago, he was playing Nimrod 
Amazo and that one bystander that heals uh, robots. And I was playing a weird X-Men team. It was the Fastball Special Wolverine with the, um, what's it called? The Regenesis Psych uh, Colossus. Okay. Uh, because I wanted to try the Fastball Special with it, and it actually worked. So I beat so- him in that one. And I guess he didn't, that one time he could have rolled with Nimrod, he didn't hit it, I suppose. Yeah, I think I two-shotted Nimrod, because I was like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to outwit the sense or the shape change just to do, because at that time, I believe Invincible, you took a max of three damage, so I was just going to go all or nothing, so I just outwitted his defense and just hit him for, I think it was eight with the Wolverine, because... If you honestly want to beat these champion people... The people that are truly great in Heroclix, some of these Hall of Famers. The real way to do it is actually just go balls to the wall, all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you play hyper-aggressive, and it works out for you. That bends the space-time laws of Heroclix. There's nothing anybody can do about that. It's just like, I put my whole team next to you. What are you going to do? And you're like, attack you eight times? And you're like, sounds good. And then you, you're you like, all right, I have an eight attack flurry blades. All right, take 12 damage. I hit both times. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff just works. And I didn't outwit your shape change or senses. I outwitted your toughness. Yep. Just so you could, I could watch you die. So, like, if you can bend the space time now and again, you get these huge wins against these massive players. Um, because we're all playing odds and things like that. We don't, pro- we don't necessarily prepare for you to play like a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's, I feel like that's something you brought up before is you, you can't, that's one thing you can't bet on is like a random high damage. You're just like, Oh, you rolled a six on blades. Well, I can't really plan for that. Yeah. There's the whole adage of who wins in a fight, the smart person or the crazy person. Very true. And, it I, do depends. A, I, do, I do have a quick question for you. Yeah. What was your favorite, I would say, era in Heroclix? Or did you have a favorite era? Absolutely. Where you, where you oh, felt God. like was in a good place? Yeah, a pre-structural integrity field was really the era. That, so, like, before they, had card, uh, before they were really focused on carded figures... Um, I thought there was a great balance between, like, Lamp with Lockjaw, but also you had the Hawkeye on the Sky Cycle. Um, You had probably 40, 50 figures. And again, I won a 2006 championship and a 2007 championship. And at that time, if you had gone on eBay or if you bought them in the most expensive possible way, you could have built my world champion team for probably about $25 out of pocket. That would have bought you a world championship team uh, for $25. Uh, it was a lot better. I, I just, peop, you could take a lot more turns because there was only so many options. Being creative mattered a lot. Uh, you know, people, the actual elements of warfare, and I, I'm not trying to sound dark in any way, but, you know, flanking somebody, baiting somebody, playing the person, that was a thing that you used to be able to do more. Now it's just like, all right, uh, so I'm on square two, you're on square, square 24. Oh, man, with your seven squares of barrier, I'm only going to be able to attack you six times. Shit. <laughs> and before it was like, you'd have to prepare this one strategic strike, right? You'd have to figure that out. You wouldn't have five follow-ups, and you would have to move up. 
You know, you'd have to move up, get into place, try to figure stuff out. Uh, did you separate your army? Is this the better time to separate your army? There is all these subtleties in it. A good example, either guys who play fighting games. Like Street yeah. Fighter, Mortal Kombat, that kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, Street Fighter 2, uh, or whatever you want to say, Hyper Street Fighter 2, what, there's a million versions of them, right? Uh, but Street Fighter 2 was incredibly balanced, right? There was a lot of subtleties in the fighting. There was no way a kid could just button mash and beat you in Street Fighter if you knew what you were doing. Because there are so many things. There was no 50-thing combos. There was incredibly intricate, hard-to-pull-off five-hit combos. And if you hit, if you could do that, you were like a god. You know, charging Guile's attack while also punching three times to end up doing... Crazy stuff, right? So Heroclix used to be like that. This incredibly balanced game that was very thoughtfully done. And then eventually it moved more into Marvel vs. Capcom. And one of the most amazing things that's so funny about that move is in that time period of the move, they literally brought in... ID cards, which is exactly Marvel vs. Capcom. Instead of you attacking, you would just pop in your guy and suddenly Superman would like laser beam you for a turn, as opposed to punching with your own stuff. So you can never figure, there's so many options, there's so many different things, you can't really prepare for anything. So, that's the problem that I have right now with Heroclix. It's just a completely different game. People feel like I'm overreacting a lot to tarot cards, and maybe I am. But just on the real, at some point in time, if we start saying, hey, here's Monopoly. It's a game where you roll dice, you buy properties, and blah, blah, and blah, 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 jail community chest. And then eventually you say, okay, hey, guys, so we're not going to buy property. Now it's just going to be get to the end of the map. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And now we're not going to roll dice. Now the game's just color-coded, and you pull cards, and those cards say where you go to. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. And then they're like, okay, and then we're also going to make it like a candy-themed game and remove the properties. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And then people are like, what the fuck, Scott? Why don't you like Monopoly? And my answer is, because I'm playing Candyland now. It's not fucking Monopoly anymore. You've changed it to a completely different fucking game. These aren't things, small things that you are adding to this fucking game. These are huge elements to it. I have a pile of fucking cards now. Heroclix was brought to the forefront and was made very popular by saying, here's this one of the first games of all time where you get to play with miniatures, you don't need cards to play with them, and you don't need a measuring tool. How do they take damage? Oh, it's not by little fucking tokens on a p other piece of paper. It's literally you just click them, which was ingenious. So they took... A very elaborate game that involved measurements and, uh, like sizing things and all these different things that were so hard to, for people to grasp. And they made this brilliant game where people could pick it up, learn it in, you know, an hour or two and be playing at a not competitive level at first, but a reasonable level, like understanding it, like chess. I can teach you how the basics of chess in an hour, but it would take a lifetime to master it. Heroclix used to be that. 
It used to be that. And now, how the fuck do I outthink you when you just pull a t- top deck of tarot card that says, uh, oh, your whole stealth team can't be targeted with my improved targeting? I now have 200 points of dead points. And now I have to fight you? What the fuck am I doing? I feel like you have stealth. I can't use improved targeting. You top deck that. What the fuck? Why did I spend time team building? I feel like that began, began, that's how you say that, with uh, the Con Felix Fouls when that first came out. You can only do pretty close, bad. You can only do close combat actions, but your team is all ranged. You can only do free actions, and you can't do attacks. Uh, they had no fucking problem with that, by the way. <laughs> I want to be clear. I brought that to a ton of people's attention. They did not have an initial problem about it until they started getting the bad fucking stories from it. Uh, I had I, I had I pulled over. Uh, I'll, I'll say an unnamed for kindness. Uh, an unnamed hero clicks uh, a high up whiz kids person who was very cordial, agreed to watch, and I he watched for about ten minutes, and my opponent rage quit in that ten minutes in a in a world's tournament. Uh, he was three and zero oh and rage quit in ten <laughs> minutes. I mean, because yeah, he. It sounds about right, though. <laughs> he was never able to attack me. He was never able to go out of his starting area, and I pull- was pulse-waving him for seven. So why was he playing the game? Yes. Because his whole team was dead fucking points. Now, are uh, are they as bad as Faust? No. Structural integrity of field and Faust are completely different in some, some ways. But there are going to be so many bad stories, so much shit, and it's just at some point in time, I'm not playing Hero Clicks. I'm playing fucking Candyland. It's just a completely different game. Yeah, interesting. I and feel you- like the first, like, I feel at least one of the aspects of the stakes, obviously you can, like, you don't have the measuring portion, obviously, with the clicking is still the exact same thing. That is true, and that's great. We love that, right? I like that we're clicking, I like that we click figures. I actually don't mind that the figures have cards. That's not inherently a problem. I get that they want to make it a little bit more interesting, and that's, that's fine, but I do bring, like, 40 fucking cards to a tournament now, and their initial appeal was, this is a cardless game. That was that was like their pitch to me when I signed in. Oh, I understand that. I, I that's a valid point. I just was I was at least trying to be like, well, at least half of it has pretty much stayed the same. Yes, obviously there have been some, uh, let's say, progression in the game over the what twenty year lifespan, which is yeah. Pretty I mean, it's 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 crazy different. Go back and play with go open two. You both of you go open two packs of explosion, build a seal team, and play each other. Oh yeah. A completely different game, and you're like, these characters are bad. No, not in relation to each other. No, uh, but that's always been their strength. Is like when they make a set, everything's pretty well balanced in the set itself. It's that it's when you in, go outside of the set, and then you get to throw all of the other things in clicks that exist. I would, I would agree for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's 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 pretty true. All they right. have they do pretty good in set, man, but. So, hey, I did get a tarot card rant in there by accident. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's get into the actual question that we asked 30 minutes ago, but that's okay. Holy we're, shit. We're, we're, uh, we're on, we're, that's what we do with it. We do rabbit holes. But the question that I had asked everybody that nobody answered, they're all 
obsessed with the picture I posted about of you. So then you got that with your nice body from. Now, did you get that reference from that picture, by the way? Sharon Stone and the leech is the thing that I am uh, like. <laughs> Leeches my pussy, basically. Yes. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> yes, from Basic Instinct. I, I, I get it from Basic Instinct. Okay. I just have no idea what why why leeches my my pussy, but I guess so. <laughs> um, that was courtesy of Brad Broyles because I contacted him on my way to work to say, and said, "Hey, can you make me a Scott Porter meme, or sorry, Scott Crampton meme?" Uh, from Basic Instinct because I am interviewing him today and that's what he came up with. Here's a good question, a better question. Not what do I do with my free time and how do I play heroes? (laughs) How does Brad have time to do 25 memes of me? Like, there's so many memes and some of them are great. I do love the perfectly balanced in every way, which was me winning the Kilted Classic, me not knowing how powers work. (laughs) That was pretty fucking brilliant. And that has been my hero clicks career forever. I even won a thing I've not told on any podcast, which is in that Kilted Classic, I won the Eagle Cast Trophy, which is the Furtada cookbook, because I asked the most amount of questions as well. So I won a tournament. People said I played well. I didn't know how to play, though, at the same time, and I can't tell you how a power works. So those those things. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's answer the question. But it's uh, who do you guys think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame next for Heroclix? So, Scott, I'll start off with you. I'll put you in the spots. Uh, and nobody feel bad out there if Scott doesn't pick you. Uh, but who do you think? You all feel bad. Everybody feel fucking terrible. Uh, Brian Poling. I'm just fucking around. I think you have to win a game at least, right? That's our, that's our bar for games. Um, to be honest, Howard did say you could be a loser and still be in the hall of fame. Yes. And then he said, here's your trophy, Scott. I'm like, what the fuck, Howard? (laughs) (laughs) I like, I I won two of your events. Damn you, Howard. Um, so uh, a couple, a uh, couple uh, older school one, uh, Stephen Plaskow. He is the first Hero Clicks World Champion. He won, I think, DC and Marvel because they used to separate them. You couldn't mix them, uh, at least in the big tournaments. So he won the first ever Marvel World Championship and the first ever DC World Championship. He is uh, one of the best players alive. I played him, I think, in two finals. Um, here in, in uh, world championship events, and he creates some of the most interesting teams I've ever seen. He's the mad genius of Hero Clicks. He he definitely could deserve it. Um, I think that um, uh, the Married with Clicks people, yeah. uh, even though they're retired, I think they did a tremendous amount for the game. So I think that both of them could get in. I really appreciate that. Um, and then as far as a modern player. I would probably say Daniel now. Daniel Powell would be the most modern person that I think immediately deserves it because he has an incredible winning streak. He has done, especially recently, his, since he's had a kid and in the past maybe four or five years, there is not a better man in Hero Clicks, which is interesting. I mean, he didn't always used to be, and this is something I've said to him, he wasn't always known to be the best sport in Hero Clicks. And now he is far and away the most gracious man in Hero Clicks. Like he is so nice to play. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter. He's so incredibly, incredibly nice. Just so those talk, are mine. Just don't talk bad about Legacy Thanos, and you're on a good page with that. 
Yeah, he is. I mean, he's also a big man, and he—if you get him a ratted, he's coming to your house, man. <laughs> and he'll, oh, he, he will drive his fucking tractor, and he will beat you with the fourteen pounds of hero clicks he most recently bought. I now have a lifelong goal now to uh, make Thanos a ratted. I, I hear you, but if you do a rat of Thanos, please a rat of Sky Tyrant, yes. because now we're just all going to play Sky Tyrant. True, because he's so good. Say, speaking of bucket lists, I was going to go down another rabbit hole, but I saw you. I wanted to make so many The Room references today, but uh, I just forgot because I saw you went to go see that. Uh... Oh, hi, Adam. <laughs> oh, hi, Scott. <laughs> I You're like The Room. You're tearing me apart! <laughs> um, but no, I saw that on your Facebook yesterday, and it, it's just so funny to me that a movie that bad has such a following for how bad oh my god there must have been three thousand spoons in that room yes. like people threw so many people had brought multiple boxes of spoons and had been throwing them if you don't know the room uh, i got to see it uh with the man himself uh the creator of the room tommy wiseau in new orleans because he's shooting something here i guess called giant shark and this motherfucker god he's the funniest man alive he really is he is so interesting and warm-hearted, but then when you ask him questions, there is nobody sneakier and weirder alive. So I ask him the first question and the second-to-last question. My first question is, um, can you tell me more about Giant Shark, which he had shown us a preview for before the Q&A? And his answer was, oh, Giant Shark? Yeah, we're filming in New Orleans. You probably heard all about that movie. And that was it. I asked him to tell me more. He, he literally wrote a trailer to show us, and then instead of telling about it, instead of me, I teed him up, and he said, you've probably heard all about it. <laughs> and then I asked him, hey, uh, Tommy, you've been, had such an amazing career. You've been doing so stuff for so, so long, filmmaking for over 20 years. Do you have like a really special piece of memorabilia that you would never part with? And he said... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that is his character, like, from the... That is, oh, he's so brilliant. He is, he's the one of the greatest character performers ever. Like, it, it's been decades since there's been a human being like Tommy Wiseau, and he has his own underwear line that he was selling there. Just stu- He wore three or four belts. He actually took one off. Uh, because a fan asked for one, and he literally took one off. He had them tweet that he was doing it from their account, and then he gave him a belt off his own body because the guy was loved it so much. Loved Tommy Wiseau so much. So he's he's both like caring, warm cares, but then craziest fucking answers. It's like he's not even on planet fucking Earth. It's like he's never <laughs> seen people before. It, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But I had to bring that up. Uh, But Dan, uh, is there a player out there that you would say deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? You don't have to say me because I know you want to, so you can pick someone else. Yeah, definitely you should never I've never won anything except for local tournaments. I think he thinks your wife should be in, I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, you know, you make a convincing argument there. Um. Honestly, I don't uh, I don't think I know enough of the like, I'm obviously like 
I mean, Daniel Powell's a good pick. I know, I know you would frown if I said your, your, your co-host would be a good pick for a modern player to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what have you accomplished? Huh? Are you, are you, oh, you're saying, you're talking about PJ. I thought you were talking about yourself. I was like, what have you no, accomplished, I'm talking, Dan? No, no, I'm talking about PJ as far as like Scott's co-host. Cause... I think so. But to, yeah, I know. to that factor, at least Scott All Porter. All the fuckery, maybe. Yeah, Scott Porter. Because PJ's whole thing is he wants to be one ahead of Scott and everything. But for the Hall of Fame, Scott will always be one ahead in PJ in that. Woo! So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you don't have anyone in mind? Dan? I mean, no, everybody you mentioned that I, that I would first think of to be in the Hall of Fame is already there. Like, I initially was like, oh, yeah, like, like Pat's a good pick, because I, I, at least I know generally who Pat is uh, from people. So I'm like, oh, that was a good pick. I'm like, well, the people I think of are already there. Um, I... I, guess I, I guess otherwise I would almost think of, like, Scott Porter, I guess. Like, I don't know if I consider him, like, a modern player, because he's just kind of always been there in the in the scene so i don't know he'd he'd probably be a good add to the i first played with scott porter in hero clicks um in 2006 was that when he was uh on friday night lights yeah he had he was just doing season he had just done or wrapped season two i don't know if it had prepared yet but the coolest thing that ever happened to me in my whole life was I was at, I think, San Diego Comic-Con, but it honestly might have been Philly or California or something like that. And I was walking out of the WizKids booth, and he's like, hey, aren't you Scott Crampton? And I'm like, aren't you Jason Streets from the show I'm currently watching? And it was so weird. I couldn't feel, like, it felt like a weird fucking dream because I, I was like, how does he know who I am? Like how, like it was so weird. Imagine if you just like ran into a celebrity that you knew from a show you really liked and they're like, Hey, aren't you Adam? Yeah. And and like, uh, yes, I am. How the fuck do you know that? Am I going to die? Are you going to murder me? Are you going to take me to that Island where celebrities go and to to hunt people for sport? Uh, no, that was, that was 2006, so what did HeroClick start yeah. in 2002, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you'd, you've, you had made your name the last four years, so... Uh, I'm just I went on an incredible win streak yeah. that uh, lasted about a year and a half. Okay. Um, as for me, I honestly am going to pick someone that I feel like kind of saved the game during the COVID time. So I, I don't really know him as a player. I know more of him as a content creator, but that's Brad, Brad Broyles. Uh, he has done so much for the online, at least aspect of HeroClix that I think it kept a lot of players playing the game because for like a year and a half, two years, we had nowhere to play except for online. And he, would do tournament after tournament on Fridays. He ran nationals. He ran all the Scott Porter stuff. Uh, he just has done so much for the community, not as a player, but more as a person that has kept the game alive for us who aren't allowed to go out to stores and play in big tournaments, rather stay home and play online. Yep. I think Brad's a good choice. I think the only problem is, in general, they don't like to do people that are currently doing heroin. <laughs> Uh, and Brad has that big heroin addiction, so <laughs> cat's out of the bag, Brad. Sorry about that, buddy. Everybody has a secret. Now you know there's going to be some heroin meme coming your way, Scott. Just 
Yeah. <laughs> Brad does listen to the podcast, so that will be coming. If not that's, tomorrow, that's it'll it. be either on Wednesday. Scott's, Scott's drug of choice would probably be a little Coke. I don't know. I don't know if I don't see him. I don't know. What do they do in New Orleans? What's the big drug down there? Well, everything. <laughs> All at once. It's fucking New Orleans, man. Everything's legal. There are no laws. Uh, there's only police in show in the same way that, like, there's those people that stand outside of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> the Royal Guard. Yeah, we're basically, like, the police here are more ornamental than anything real, which is one reason I fucking love New Orleans, man. No fucking laws. It's like Amsterdam in the States here. I gotta love the Wild Wild West, even though it's not really the West. Yep, it's very much the Wild Wild West. I, I And I, I'm a person that needs that. I, I need the, I don't like a lot of laws. I think laws are boring. And pretty soon, not a lot of powers and rules because Leech is coming into modern play, so... Exactly, exactly. And if Leech stood next to you, would you still be a person? The answer is no. That is a very good point. Uh, but I think we're going to end the podcast there tonight. Scott, I do want to invite you. Have you ever watched our Trivia Night series on YouTube? I don't believe I have. Okay, so um, we've I've done two Trivia Nights. The first one was with Maddie G. Uh, PJ was on there. That's probably why you didn't watch that one. Uh, yeah, I had Joshua Essex on there, and had a few other people on there. And then the second one, we had Medi G on again, Lucas. Basically, I'm the host. I come up with a bunch of old questions, and you guys put your knowledge against one another in a little game show. Uh, I would like to invite you to that for the next one because you have been playing since the beginning, and I think you would be might do that. that. I am not particularly. Uh, Pat did that to me, and like he, one of his questions was a figure I won a championship with, and I didn't <laughs> get it. It was just like name that figure, and I'm like, I don't remember. Like I can remember the dials, maybe, but there's so much like, how much is Ted Cord worth in his rookie rarity? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. I. It's kind of like what you did uh, at the banquet at the Clicks Club. Yes, yes. I couldn't answer any of those questions at the banquet, though. That's the big difference. I wrote them, but I can't answer them. I'm not amazing at that, but I, I might come on and just give it a shot, because why the fuck not? Yeah. I, I certainly don't mind, but I do not have the... Uh, one of my biggest powers in Hero Clicks is I keep... I forget... And you have to almost wipe your mind every time. You have to, like, every time there's a set rotation, you got to wipe your mind of all those figures. Every time there's a new rules change, you have to wipe your mind of all the old rules. And I've mind-wiped myself at least 40 fucking times in Heroclix, so I don't remember shit. I, like, you know, like, I don't remember any of this stuff because it wasn't valuable to ever go back on. Does that make sense? Yeah. I remember a handful of my bad beats, but I could probably only name you, like, Five times I've played Hero Clicks. I, I can't even tell you my records against anybody. So just just a fun fact about me. I, I but also that's the only reason I can play because fuck. Do you know how different the rules are now compared to what what they were when oh I started gosh. playing? Oh my gosh, like completely different. You can't. This is full, completely like, different. Fucking Candyland. Full range uh, hypersonic. You could do something after you were carried by a flyer. You could yes. perplex damage six times. You could do the whole Magog bomb that people did back in the day. You could leapfrog. You could TK a TKer to TK. You could enhance the energy explosion. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, see, we, we had the good old soaring. Uh, yeah, we had the good old soaring where if you up, 
up in the sky, no one could hit you if they had zero range. That the fun stuff, like that's the kind of stuff that I want. I like to do reminisce about is the the good old days of Hero Clicks. Would you? I thought that they halved range, but I think it went up. So I believe that if you half zero, the rule is it was one. So you could attack people in soaring if you were next to them. I thought it was if you had leap climb, you could attack them in soaring, which made no fucking sense when you were in the middle of a map with no elevation. How the fuck you got up to someone that's hovering above the earth? But that's uh, yeah, I suppose. I believe that they. That I believe that they allowed that. I believe because that otherwise you would just kill one or two characters with. I mean, range was uncommon back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like range wasn't necessarily a thing that everybody had. So uh, that was that was it. You, we had 236 point Superman with a 11 11 16 3. Oh, man. <laughs> 236 point Superman. Hey, before we go, I just want to mention uh, if anybody wants to, I have a Camp Dragon Online. That's Camp Dragon Online. It's uh, essentially the most exciting place to play D&D Online. So if you like Dungeons & Dragons, uh, swing it down to that. We have amazing video combined with you know professional DMs. And if you don't have a group or you've always been looking for somebody to play with, this is the perfect place to do that. Or if you're just looking for a pickup game because maybe your game is canceled or something, this is, again, the perfect place to do that. It's as easy. Playing D&D Online is as easy as buying tickets to a movie. You just select a time and you show up. Uh, so build an account if you do or something like that feel free to message me I'll drop in some extra dragon coins in you so you can uh, play your first game or something like that at a big discounted price so just let me know you can message me and of course feel free to watch Critical Clicks Uh, listen to that that's a podcast I do for free Yep, and I've been listening to that for four years and it's definitely made me into a better player definitely makes you think outside the box with a lot of the figures out there uh, so you listened to the Kevin days, is that right? I didn't. I want to say I started. How long have I been going with this podcast? You've four, been listening for four years and you haven't listened. Like no. I, I've done more episodes with Kevin than I have with PJ, if I'll that gives have, you a scope. I'll have to check. I want to say I started listening to it when I started my new job here at Menominee Falls four years ago. Because I wasn't being the podcast until that, and I just kind of stumbled upon yours, and then I stumbled upon like Dial H and Clicks Off and stuff like that. All right, yeah, June fourteenth, two thousand sixteen is episode one. Okay, so yeah, uh, so I have been. Wow, it has been a minute, and for some reason, oh, they used to just be called episodes. So I didn't <laughs> name my episodes until episode fifty-seven. <laughs> 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 and and critical clicks is like a Christmas is you never know when a podcast is going to show up, but when you do, it's a nice present because sometimes Scott likes to record at like three o'clock in the morning. He'll call up PJ, be like, "Hey, what you doing right now? Want to do a podcast?" Yep, yeah, it's very all over the place. I've been recording a lot more since I moved down to New Orleans uh, on the count of I don't know a lot of fucking people, but <laughs> uh, we just did, we have a show coming out on Thursday, May nineteenth. That is, uh, should Thanos be watch list? And Daniel Powell, PJ, and Wes Summers is on that. So, and, I'm and sure Wes Summers is on there, of course, because Summer Scott. Summer Scott. And I'm sure the consensus <laughs> was he does not need an errata, especially from Dan. Um, me and Dan don't feel like he does. Uh, a short version of that would just be that I think the best, we came with a bunch of different erratas that make sense. I think the one that makes the most amount of sense, though, is. When Thanos uses improved target blocking, he can blow all walls to the current target. 
And okay. the, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it would allow Thanos to still be played. But he wouldn't. It would allow him to hide a lot less. Meaning that True. if he shot you, you could run at him. True. It also make it so he can't do that bullshit thing where he just goes into the center of the barn and you have to attack five <laughs> fucking walls before you can attack him. Yeah, not an ideal. Will you not be playing not- him once? Disney Plus comes out, or is there something else you're going to be wanting tampering with? I don't know exactly, but right now, I mean, there's a lot of compelling things with Thanos, and he. The one reason, I, one of the reasons I play him is he does what I like to do in Hero Clicks, which is he counters a tremendous amount. It's very hard to have any dead points in a Thanos build. If I'm being Thanos, I don't know what could you have that makes it so I can't do what I what my characters do. Yeah. Because I'm basically playing one hundred points of defense, and then Thanos, and you know what what counters Thanos directly makes him so he's worthless. Maybe the emotional modifier for the mind control, I guess. But that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to be our podcast tonight. So again, Scott, congratulations on all your success the last couple of months. Hopefully, it continues to be the summer of Scott and not the fall of Crampton. And it's more the fall of all your enemies and apparently Brian Poling as well. Yeah, fuck you, Brian Poling. <laughs> all right. So I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us. And how about we do a Critical Clicks uh, outro? I'll let you start it off, Scott. All right, let's do it. All right, well, thanks for turning, uh, tuning in, everyone. And until then, uh, this is Scott, Adam, Dan, reminding you that if you're not playing competitively – you might as well be playing with yourself. Good night. Good night. Good night. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs>